Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Christmas yet, but for some, it's Christmas for them, and they received an early Christmas present. Maybe because a recruit signed their name on the dotted line, and they are going to be attending college and playing for either Pitt, West Virginia, or Penn State. This is our College Sports Now Network National Signing Day show. We are live. Mike Osti, Mike Fakova can. Joining you here, we're going to have many of our Sports Now beat writers and contributors joining us throughout this broadcast and also be joined by a national writer who's with us amongst our Sports Now networks in Mike Farrell at the end to kind of recap it all. But we are, of course, going to talk about how Pitt did, how West Virginia did, how Penn State did, and really the overall day here of National Signing Day, the early period here in December. But, Mike, uh, we got Christmas ahead. I know this is kind of a holiday for you, though, every year. This is a day to get excited. A lot of news obviously churns. We're very busy on the respective sites, of course. A lot goes on. Some surprises existed. A lot of it kind of is what we thought, which in this day and age, you do get a lot of kids saying they're committed. Sometimes they stick. Sometimes they don't. Most of the time they do now. And obviously this is a different era, though, with the transfer portal. Some could argue that the recruiting season is not as important and that you got to lock these kids in. And if you lock them in, that means they're only there for one year. That doesn't mean they're there for two or three years. It has turned some people off. They also could argue that the way to build a team these days is through the portal. I know that Pitt in particular has certainly taken that route this season and others have in past years or even trying to do again this year. But recruiting season certainly still important and is still a bedrock of a program for sure. So before we get fully into it and bring some of our guests on, what are your thoughts on National Signing Day today, how the day unfolded for you, certainly amongst to any of the teams we cover here throughout the Sports Now family of networks, just an overlying thought in terms of this really being the first year, because this isn't the first year of the portal, but this is really the first year where the portal and the recruiting season kind of married together and it's fully impacting recruiting season because now there's windows involved. Now there's a whole nother class of kids that got involved NIL deals. Rodney Gallagher, who does sign with the view had an NIL deal in high school. That was not a thing in PA prior to this year. So a lot more involved this year to fully get it underway with the portal and, and the recruiting season, but we've now seen it. There's more to happen. What are your thoughts as we start things off? Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned my uh, affinity for uh, recruiting. It's actually seven years ago. This is my reason for it's how we got here. Yeah, it's so my reason for <laughs> uh, wanting to start Pittsburgh Sports now while I was still working at uh, KDKA. Right. Uh, just because I, uh, I don't know, I was I'm not sure why, but I was always fascinated by it. I followed it. Uh, was a huge fan of uh, still a big fan of uh, Chris Peaks uh, over at Rivals. Uh, was always talking to him about recruiting. So I was always in it. But uh, seven years ago to where we are, man, has it changed. 
it's changed. Would you ever have predicted it? Not only the no. success of the networks overall and, and getting other media members involved like myself, but just the landscape too. The landscape is, and I don't know that it's a good thing. I guess it's a good thing for the kids, but it's, um, it's completely changed. And I don't know that it's going to go back. I guess the only thing that could stop it is if, uh, you know, something changes in regards to transfers having to sit out a year. If they go back to that, I think that could change things. I think in the near future, I'm not sure when, but something has to change with the NIL. I, I think it's still going to exist to some form, right. but the way it's currently, the way it's currently being done, uh, isn't going to be around, uh, long-term. It's just not sustainable as far as, Everything that you want to say about it, uh, the slimness yeah. of it. Uh, <laughs> there, there's legal tampering it, now. Yeah, tamper, sure. just I everything. It, it's not going to, the way it is, it's not going to be the, kids are going uh, places the way we see money. it. Yeah. But uh, it's changed. And the biggest thing, uh, I'm gonna, I don't want to get into all that area because, you know, I don't want to bore the We people. could do a whole show on that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. For sure. The big, the biggest thing that I think it's changed, and you know, I, I think somebody's going to eventually do this. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe we can do this. Come up with some computer uh, genius <laughs> and come up with this idea. But uh, I think recruiting rankings. So, so many fans, fans of teams, put so much stock into it. Where's my team ranked? And you know, I'm down from there up to. We bring it up. I mean, yeah. To me, right. to me, right now, because of the transfer portal, recruiting rankings as they're currently done right now yeah. are mean are meaningless, and I don't think fans uh, should look into it or, or really care where they're ranked. And the reason I say that is because teams are recruiting completely different. We can get into this with Mike Farrell. Teams are recruiting now instead of recruiting a high school kid. They're trying to fill their needs through the transfer portal. Right. That's part of recruiting. Yeah. 100%. But paid they, in particular play. into the portal this year, more so than really even worrying about the high school kids losing Kenny Minchie and picking up other veterans. And then West Virginia, for example, on the flip side, they brought in a transfer quarterback from the portal each of the last several seasons. And then Neil Brown says now they're not going to go that route and going to stick to who's on the roster. There's two different ends of it. But you can lose a lot. You can also fix a lot of the roster quickly. And it almost feels like some coaches probably are thinking to themselves, if I don't go to the portal, then I'm going to be at a major disadvantage. Yeah, and I'm and I'm talking in the regards of, uh, you know, Pitt picks up uh, Donovan McMillan, who's probably right. going to start at one of their safety positions. Who they recruited before. He's a local kid. Yeah, but, but that doesn't show up when you look at their 19 recruits, uh, yeah. you know, if you use rivals. Yeah. That, that's not part of their 19 commitments as far as a good get. And, Don, you know, it could be, you know, it could be argued that Donovan McMillan or Phil uh, Jerkovic are the most valuable recruits that Pitt, Pitt picked up this year, but they're not part 100%. of 19. So, so, so they don't get – they don't get credit for that. So that's yeah. why I, I don't. And I don't know how you would equate that because obviously with the portal, people say they're going to get in the portal. Then they officially get in the portal. Then there's that period. And we've seen in basketball, you have to get it approved. And it's a different wire to walk. But, obviously kids are going in and out of the portal and, and it's something that's happening. What I'm saying is there has to be from now on, somebody's going to, somebody's probably going to do it. Who knows? Maybe next year or whenever. Somebody has to come up with a ranking that you combine 
high school recruits with uh, transfer gets at right. the time to really try to come up with how a team did in the off season. You know, there's a, there's a ranking on Donovan McMillan. He's a four star kid. You just don't know how to put that into a uh, you know for Pitt's team rankings for this year. Somebody somebody's going to do come it. Up with an idea. Do you change? Because I know like we see a lot of transfers. You look at the star they were out of high school, and and he was somebody in McMillan that he went to Florida. Yeah, didn't play as much as maybe he's going to play at Pitt. And maybe in retrospect, that might not have been the best decision for him in terms of getting on the field, but that's where he went at the time. This now could get him more of an opportunity, but he was four-star out of high school, but then didn't really get on the field that much to have a major impact in his year that he was at Florida. So do you grade him if you're doing those rankings and make him a three-star now? Because you don't have a four-star tape on him in, in college. That actually might bring him down. And maybe the kids don't want that then, and that actually might hurt the rankings. So there might be two ends of it. But obviously a veteran, you would figure in coaches are thinking this, a veteran with experience, even if only in a few games, even if mostly in special teams, even with spotty starts on defense, and he'll be certainly a defensive guy, that's generally speaking for a coach better than somebody who's fresh out of high school because you don't know what you're going to get and they have to go through your whole program and learn the college game, et cetera. You want experience over not experience at any level of sports. So that's why they're going to the portal. Yeah, that's I, mean. I, I don't know what the answer is as far as what what ranking you give them, but that's why I, I just don't think fans should freak out that you know you look at Pitt and they're ranked forty yeah. eighth. It, it it doesn't really be you know by the end of this, by the time they're done in February over this next month, you know they're going to pick up uh, you know Carl. Yeah. We bring if we bring Carl in, you know we could talk about what they're probably going to uh, target over the next. Uh, over the next month and they're going to pr- probably pick up i would guess i don't know three to four maybe more recruits or, or as far as transfers but that's not going to go into their class sure. of 2023 team ranking so Pitt will do a good job this offseason i think they're going to as i've tweeted a million times they're going <laughs> to clean up in the transfer portal they're really they are well. yeah yeah so that's how you're going to evaluate them I and i i just don't think uh, fans not just for Pitt, for West Virginia, Penn State, whoever. 100%. Really paid much attention to uh, national recruiting rankings from now on. Yeah, and even on the flip side, because Pitt right now, if we're going to go to 24, and we'll bring on Carl here in a moment, if we're going to go to 24-7 rivals and on three, for example, here, you got Pitt 48-48-50 in that order. WVU 41-37 for rivals, which is a top 40 class for a program that's been three out of four losing seasons and a coach in the hot seat. That That's a pretty good solid ranking. But then 42 for on three. PSU 14, 15, and 14. So on the flip side to it, you can't really grade Pitt off 48, 48, and 50 because they're doing so much in the transfer pool and trying to bring in veterans to get back to where they were two years ago. But even Penn State, and they're coming off a Rose Bowl, it's not like it's been a bad season at all for Penn State fans, even though some want to be negative. But you don't know that it's going to be 14th best in the world based on what you're seeing here because it's 14 in a recruiting class. But if maybe somebody who got a 20th recruiting class did really well in the transfer portal, they might be better off than you. So yeah. that's all to be figured out here. Mike Fakovic and Mike Ostey, our college sports now, WBU, Pitt, and Penn State conversation, as well as the national scene here for National Signing Day. We are now are going to bring on Carl Ludwig, who is our Pitt 
football beat writer, as we will be talking all things Panthers here, certainly the flagship there at PSN. So, Carl, I know it's been a busy, busy day for you, and I guess I'll lead you in kind of what we were just talking about, and I'm sure you, you heard the conversation there with Mike and I, on how do you think this recruiting class right now that Pitt put together, which when you look at where they are geographically, when you look at what's going on in Western Pennsylvania, when you look at the success of the program the last couple of years, even an eight-win season that some are saying down an ACC title and a Heisman candidate before, people are going to say if you didn't have the transfer portal, well, the Pitt program has been way better than West Virginia for the past few years, but why are they barely getting in the top 50 and WVU's flirting with top 40 or top 35? But as Mike brought up, that's not fair because Pitt's doing really well in the transfer portal. So number one, how would you evaluate Pitt's recruiting class and how does that get into the transfer conversation on what they're going to do to build this team and how should fans really look at this for Pitt? Because they might not be thr thrilled with these numbers in terms of these ranks off of the program and what it's been, but that might not really tell the story. Yes. I mean, I guess, first of all, um, they entered today with 19 play or well, 18, and then they added a player today, but they entered the day with 19 targets. They got all, all 19 of them signed today. Uh, they had three transfer targets, all three of them signed today. So in terms of locking them down today and, and fending off any interest outside the program, job well done. Um, it was a hundred percent batting average today. So I mean, they can't, that's a, that's always gonna be nice to do. Uh, if you're going to, land every single guy you plan to land is always nice. Um, and then the class as a whole, there's some, there's some, I mean, number wise doesn't look that great. 48 doesn't look great, but there are some real pieces here. Um, you've got a Jordan Bass, a linebacker from uh, Virginia who Pitt is in love with. They, they think he's a superstar. He's not enrolling early, unfortunately, but he's a guy that, that will play a lot for them. Um, just today, they got Isaiah Neal. Um, who Narduzzi said would be a future uh, captain, or he'd be shocked if he wasn't a captain. Um, they have Shadarian Harrison from Florida, who's, who they fended off interest from Oregon and Florida State and Miami. I mean, there's some real pieces here. Um, it's not – some of the guys might not have the best offer sheets. They might not have the highest rankings on 247 arrivals, but um, pitched them well finding these guys who – sometimes fly under the radar and they have some, some guys here who have done that, but also some guys who are some real game changers in the program. So it doesn't like looking at, looking at it from an outside perspective, doesn't look like they, they didn't capitalize on this ACC championship, but it's a good class. They have some guys here who will play um, maybe even next year, a couple of guys might be on the field. We'll see, but from just the high school class, it's, it's a solid class. Yeah, I, I think uh, you, you touched upon, uh, you know, one of them. I, I think they did a really good job. Uh, there was a lot of speculation. You mentioned uh, Shadarian Harrison from Florida. He's a guy that he was one of their early guys, and he was sort of under the radar guy. Charlie Partridge uh, picked up. Uh, I, I believe he was the main recruiter. Maybe uh, Corey Sanders in there as well, but – Florida State, Miami, uh, and maybe Florida. They, they were trying to flip him. He's an ideal. Yeah, he, he's from one of the top school down there. Yeah, uh, at Lakeland High School, one of the top. That's where they got Damari Mathis, who's with uh, um, the Broncos now. The Broncos. Yeah, that's a, that's a known high school down there. Yeah, for sure. That that's been years it's and years. One of the best. Yeah, he's a pro right. guy. Right. Six one, six two, cornerback. 
he will be a big time player in Pitt's system. And the other guy that there were some worries about, maybe some thinking, was uh, Lamar Seymour, uh, receiver out of Miami. Uh, some people thought that maybe at the last minute he might have some thoughts about staying home. Pitt was able to do that. I, I have a question for you, Clark, because I know it's the it's been the talk of Pitt fans the last twenty four hours. You don't see this very often. I can't remember uh, the last time I've seen it is uh, Zion Fowler. Uh, he was Pitt's first commitment in the class of 2023. He decommitted a month ago. Then all of a sudden yesterday, he recommitted to Pitt day before signing. When a kid decommits, very rarely, and like I said, I can't remember yeah. the last time it happens. What do you make of that? Because – we were waiting for a shoe to drop. Maybe, uh, maybe they take him back on in one of the because it's very weird. They have four wide receiver commitments out of nineteen total recruits. What, what, what do you make of that whole situation and him coming back on after uh, decommitting a month ago? Yeah. So today, Pat actually said that in his thirty-three years of coaching, it's never happened before, or if it has, it hasn't happened in recent history. But um, he said that he's one of the guys who may have had some out too much outside noise in his ear. He may have had too many people kind of trying to coach him through the process here. And he said that um, he took a step back, kind of uh, reevaluated and realized that Pitt was his best option and and they were happy to take him back. Yeah. Uh, you got to remember that, that his decommitting came right after Kenny Minchie decommitted. So right. Was, you know, he talked, you know, when I talked to him, I remember – the day that he decommitted, he said part of the reason he did that was because of uh, Kenny dropping out. Um, touch upon Isaiah Neal. He's the only four-star guy per rivals uh, and 247 that Pitt got. The Pitt knows how to recruit defensive linemen, uh, and they know how to coach, more importantly, coach defensive linemen. Uh, you know, just talk to me about what, what was said today from – uh, Narduzzi regarding Neil and I, I didn't hear the press conference, but I'm assuming uh, the leadership skills that uh, he's been the leader of Pitt's class in terms of being vocal online. Yeah. I mean, he was the, one of the first guys to come in. He's been one of the strongest kind of bonds they've had since then. I mean, he's a big time kid from a big time program in St. Francis out in Washington, DC. Um, he's not the biggest, like, Today, Pat mentioned that he's not the biggest kid at 6'2", 270. But if anyone has success with undersized defensive linemen, it's going to be Charlie Partridge. But he's big-time kid. He's His production at St. Francis is very good. But what today's message was he's a leader. He, he will be a leader um, if not next year, then as a sophomore, as a junior. He's, he's a guy that Pat said has almost uncanny leadership ability. He's a his special – a special ability and being a leader of men, of uh, being a guy who can come in and immediately draw the eyes and draw the respect of his teammates. So um, Pitt has their has their, their their leadership units. They have their the Eagles, and I imagine he'll be a top guy next, even as a true freshman, in terms of uh, bringing guys along with him um, on the defensive line and on the defense as a whole. But he's Pitt is very high on him. 
Carl Ludwig, Mike Fakovic, and Mike Osti here, Sports Now College side, as we're talking National Signing Day right now, having a conversation about Pitt and how Pitt did, but obviously that also plays into Pitt having success in the transfer portal, bringing in a veteran QB with some local flavor, bringing in another local kid on the defensive side, but also a lot more going on through the portal for Pitt and going to go on as well. And Carl, you mentioned here at the top that you have the perfect batting average. So you might have pie in the sky thinking that let me just get all the five stars in the world, but that's not realistic. That's never going to happen, no matter what being the case. So you go for your guys that you're in love with and you bat a thousand. You do have Kenny Minchie decommitting a month ago, as Mike mentioned, very rare. And I can't remember this really happening either, having somebody decommit and then recommit to you. I don't know if his thoughts were, I want to go with Kenny, but then Notre Dame didn't want me. So I'm going to come back to Pitt. Maybe that's a conspiracy theory. But when you have a pro batting average, you're going to be happy. But in terms of positions of need, what Pitt's team needs for not only this coming season, because that's probably mostly going to be impacted through the portal, but beyond when you're thinking recruiting, do you feel like Pitt was successful in filling positions of need, not even just falling in love with individual players? And what else maybe could Pitt have done? Because they batted 1,000. They did lose a decommit a month ago, but who they have now, they batted 1,000. But maybe what Pitt, what Pitt could have done in terms of trying to fill other spots or maybe what they could have done better in recruiting since nothing's obviously perfect. Yeah. Well, I think the high school class has done, it, it fills a lot of needs. Um, they didn't get a tight end, which is kind of surprising, but I imagine they'll, they'll fill that gap with a veteran guy. But I mean, they got a quarterback, a young quarterback, a project guy who will, who will grow in the system. Now um, they got two running backs, which is an area of need with, with the lack of younger guys there, they have yeah. four receivers. They have a bunch of linemen, um, couple of DNs, couple of defensive tackles, three linebackers who Narduzzi said was his best haul ever at Pitt, and then a uh, couple of defensive uh, defensive backs. So they they hit a lot of a lot of areas on the roster in terms of high school class. Um, there's still some holes on the roster, but that's more of a of a transfer portal kind of thing now going forward, which I imagine they'll hit on pretty hard. Yeah, I, I lo- looking ahead. Um, I think there's one tight end, uh, the kid out of California that came in for an official visit. Uh, I don't believe last time I checked, I checked an hour ago, he hadn't signed yet. Uh, he made an official visit the last week. I guess he could be an option, but I agree with you. I think uh, in terms of uh, future needs, I could still see Pitt getting four to five, possibly transfer at least three think, to four. Yeah, I think so. Too. Yeah, I, I think they're going to pick up another receiver, which is kind of surprising. Which made you maybe leads to believe that you know somebody that's currently on the roster uh, might not. Maybe a couple guys won't be there after the bowl game. Uh, wouldn't shock me if maybe they went out and tried to get a veteran offensive lineman. Uh, they lost to be an area too. Yeah, they lost. They're going to lose yeah. four starting, uh, possibly five veteran senior offensive linemen, and they're going to have all underclassmen. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. <laughs> me if they if they go out and try to get somebody that's. Uh, uh, has some experience, yeah, and also a, a defensive end. I know they like their talent there, uh, but you're going to be losing. Them. Yeah, you're you're losing Desen Alexander. You're losing Haba. You're losing John Morgan. Um, I, I could see them. I, I know they like Nakai Johnson and Dayon Hayes and everyone, but uh, they're big in the uh, leadership veterans. So it wouldn't surprise me if they try to uh, pluck one of those up. But I, I don't think they're done. 
I wanted to touch on one other thing too. You know, I know people uh, look at who Pitt got and who Pitt didn't get, but I think they need to keep this in mind too, is that uh, as Mike mentioned, uh, Kenny Menchie decommitted. He's a four-star cornerback. Jason Pinnock, who was in Pitt's recruiting class since June. Pitt's very good at spotting talent, evaluating talent. So I think fans should trust them. Uh, Jason Pinnock, a guy that wasn't high, he was he, he was well recruited. He he didn't go crazy. Uh, he was a three star recruit. He decommits uh, a month ago. You mean, uh, you mean Bryce Bryce Pollock? Bryce Pollock, yeah. Um, I think Jason Pinnock. Bryce Pollock, yeah. You're going yeah, back to another cornerback. <laughs> Mike's been doing this a while. I think we talked about yeah, that. Bryce yeah. Pollock out of Georgia. He was yeah. a three star kid. After he decommits from Pitt. He gets bumped up to a four-star cornerback, commits to Mississippi State, and then another kid that was a June commit, Shelt Lewis, uh, three-star yeah. kid. Yeah. He signs a letter of intent today with Clemson. Yeah, if you're so, losing kids, you're losing to Notre Dame to Clemson. Yeah, like you're evaluating the saying, talent. They're... You're a runner-up to behemoth programs. Yeah, right. Pitt, I mean every in every program, the fan base should trust them. Right. Yeah, most every programs team, would lose those kids to those schools. Yeah. yeah, Kenny Mitchell didn't even, have Notre Dame wanting him before, and then once he gets Notre Dame, you can't you can't deny Notre Dame. So that exists, right? Well, and they they've also lost guys. Like Notre Dame's lost guys. Clemson's yeah, lost guys. Hundred percent. Alabama's lost guys. I mean, it happens. Hundred percent. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it's, you're it's you're. you're as Mike always talks about, the transfer portal is is gonna. No one's gonna be safe. The transfer portal holds holds no uh, prejudice. You're gonna have an ability to go in and out, and that means that you could have a national champion lose kids for whatever reason. So every program is certainly vulnerable to the transfer portal either way. One other thing with Carl before we, uh, uh, yeah, last thing with Carl is, sure. uh, I think Carl, it's gonna be interesting over the next few years, and I know. Uh, Kenny, I hate to keep bringing him up, but um, he, you know, he's obviously, he was obviously a big loss at the time. However, they were able to fill that. And I, I I should have remembered, I, you know, I bring up Dracovic and uh, Donovan McMillan. I forgot uh, Christian Valu, quarterback they got from Penn State. I think, I think those two guys are going to be linked in terms of, watching how their careers develop. Um, Christian Valu is going to come to Penn State or coming from Penn State. He's going to get a chance here, either this year, depending on what happens with uh, health-wise with Phil, or definitely next year. It remains to be seen what Minchie's future at Notre Dame will be. I know he signed there, but a lot of kids sign at Notre Dame. Let's see when he gets on the field, and let's see if he sticks at Notre uh, how long he sticks at Notre Dame or hits the transfer portal early. I it, w- it wouldn't shock me early on if uh, mm-hmm. Christian Ballou has more of a uh, impact, and we'll see long term who has a better career. But it, it, it's uh, definitely going to be something interesting to follow over the next few years because those two guys tr- traded places in terms of Pitt's quarterback depth chart. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and and of course unlike maybe years ago because the transfer portal, it's hard to grade an offseason just off the recruiting class alone. Mike Vakovic and Mike Ossie, that was Carl Ludwig here, our Pitt football beat writer as we talk Pitt Panthers here on a National Signing Day show on National Signing Day. So, Carl, just last one as we get you out of here, just give me a letter grade for Pitt. 
So we're going overall, overall, overall in Tran High School. Or? Yes, that's the way. Yeah. We're, that's we'll the way we we'll start grading things. Overall, now. I give him. I give him a, a solid B, strong B. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, again, Carl Ludwig here. Find him at Pittsburgh Sports Now and on social media. We now are going to be bringing in our Ethan Bach. Ethan Bach covers the Mountaineers with me at WV Sports Now. Ethan, you actually were there in attendance to be able to talk to Neil Brown today. And unlike, say, Pat Narduzzi, where maybe he was on the hot seat a couple years ago, but then wins a conference, it's certainly going to calm things down for you. And you still end up in a solid bowl game, even though maybe down from what people thought a year ago. But Neil Brown, the AD, went on a show with me and literally admitted we're in a year-long evaluation process, and that's all I can commit to. So he's on the hot seat. He needs to win now. He says he's not looking at the portal as much, even though they're flying offers all over the place in terms of QB, other positions they are. But unlike Pitt, they put a lot of emphasis recruiting-wise this year with these high school kids to build. They claim they're a developmental program. They're going to build. They're going to go to the portal, but they can't live in the portal. They've swung and missed in the portal for years now. But this was a solid recruiting class, I, I would think. You're looking at 41, 37, 42. You get the sixth best recruit in the history of the program, Rodney Gallagher. He's a Pennsylvania kid who they end up getting. So they're the only school that we're talking here on this program that isn't located in Pennsylvania, and they get Rodney Gallagher to come down to Morgantown. They got a lot of question marks around this program, but Gallagher, Jaheim White, etc. they got four stars. They got more than one. They got a top recruit that a lot of these schools wanted. They got a lot of what they needed. It's young kids, though. How would you say West Virginia did? And then were you surprised at all to hear Neil Brown be so forthcoming that, hey, we're not going to really worry about QB in the portal and we're going to be developing and really stick to developing because they're almost taking now the opposite approach to what they've been for years and to what Pitt is in terms of this being a long game for the Mountaineers. Yeah, I think uh, I think you look at this next calendar year under Neil Brown and it's almost like, almost like a a year-long test for him and it seems like it seems like he's basically committed to not building around the transfer portal which i find a little odd because i think you can if you get the right pieces in the transfer portal you can build a pretty good team like you've seen bob huggins do that for basketball Um, it's a little different for football i think but you still can have that same mentality but i think today today showed he's committed to developing his guys at west virginia he's not going to go out and get a JT Daniels and try that experiment again. Um, I mentioned it today that this is the first time that they've really committed in-house with a quarterback. Um, when he first got to West Virginia, he went after Austin Kendall from Oklahoma, Jarrett Diggy from Bowling Green, um, and then last year with JT Daniels. It's really the first time where one of his high school recruits yeah. is going to get the call next year, whether that's Garrett Green or Nico Marchio. So – uh, I think overall, it was, a, it was a good day for West Virginia, minus Justin Benton going flipping the Dana. I was going to get there. Yeah, that's the only thing that stings. Uh, they didn't, they didn't, they bat, a they didn't bat a thousand like Pitt, but I still think no. an overall good day and uh, probably probably a, just a test to see what Neil wants to do over the next year. Yeah. Ethan, was there, was there a player at the press conference today that uh, Carl touched upon, uh, Isaiah Neal? a guy that he, uh, Pat Narduzzi was uh, uh, glowing over. W- w- was there somebody that you uh, detected that uh, 
Neil Brown was or position that they got that uh, he was very excited about? Yeah, I'll give the obvious Ronnie Gallagher. He talked about Rodney <laughs> right. for yeah. probably five to ten minutes about how great his family is and how close he is to West Virginia, and it was a priority to keep him um, keep him quote unquote in West Virginia. He considered him a local kid. That's how they wanted to recruit him. Um, he talked about how he respected it a lot that Rodney and his family were very uh, transparent when he visited Penn State last month. So, yeah, he spoke a lot highly on Ronnie Gallagher. And uh, another, I'll give I'll give someone other than Gallagher too. He was re- he praised uh, Sean Boyle a lot. Uh, That's who I was going to bring up if you didn't. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. He said he said that he's flown under the radar, and um, this class in general. Seems like the way Neil summarized it, they have a lot of multi-sport athletes, a lot of true, talented guys that uh, they they hope flew under a radar enough for them to get over the top schools in the country. Yeah, and they were still vying for some other because we mentioned when you lose a kid to a big-time program, even being in the mix is still an impressive thing recruiting-wise. So West Virginia does not bat a thousand here, but they do bring in multiple four stars. They do bring in Gallagher. And even other four stars like Amari Snowden, who they were in the top five for. He goes to Wisconsin, but they're in the mix for four-plus star kids despite three out of four years being a losing program. I don't know what he's selling, but a lot of these recruits are in love with Neil Brown, as we've talked about and covered a lot of WVSN. Rodney Gallagher, Jaheim White, several. They flat out told me directly they were waiting to see what happened with Brown. That's why they maybe were thinking about even wavering or some fans thought they were. If Brown was fired, I don't think you get those kids. So I guess my question is, because as you know with the Mountaineer fan, they're going to say, yeah, okay, we kept those kids, but keeping those kids isn't enough reason for me to want to still trust the climb with Neil Brown, even though he's impressive recruiting-wise, even if I give you that argument. Because as we talked about, it's kind of a portal era. You don't want to wait around. Gallagher is there now, but Gallagher could transfer out in a year. He could end up at Penn State before the end of it if we're doing this show next year. So do you think this is the right strategy, I guess, right now? Because this is opposite of what they've been doing. I guess the thinking could be that, hey, we went big. Not only did we go big, but it's out there. A lot of NIL money, whether it's Country Road Trust or however they got it, went to JT Daniels. He played well early in the season. They didn't win. They end up benching him at the end of the season. Obviously, that didn't work out, despite it appears the relationship's still positive. So that wasn't worth the money, even though you got to take risks sometimes. And maybe they don't want to take risks again, but they also don't have much time to try to figure things out. So Gallagher, to be fair, is changing positions. He mostly played quarterback in high school, did play receiver last year. You do have Jaheim White and a lot of these, DJ Oliver, a lot of these stud running backs coming over. But I could argue, Ethan, running back to the position they didn't really need. I mean, everybody on the roster last year was rushing for 150 yards every time they touched the football. So you're getting four-star running backs. Do you really need those? You do get legit receivers, but you're going to probably want veterans when you have a young and experienced QB. And then defensively, you just need everything. Does this feel like the right strategy to you? Yeah, I feel like I feel like it is just because I feel like this is what West Virginia's always thrived in is developing players. Um, even though we are in a very different era of college athletics, Neil Neil Brown brought up how Dana developed guys, how Richrod developed guys, Nalen. 
So yeah, yeah, they weren't doing it off five star kids. Pat White, people wanted to make him a, a cornerback, and he played quarterback and won, you know, five bowl games. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it's a good strategy. Um, I wish they didn't experiment much with the transfer. Like, I kind of wish they figured this out before year five. But I mean, yeah, sure. at least they're committing to something. Um, and you can never go wrong with having too many running backs. You never know what's going to happen in this era. So. I think that goes for any position. You can't you can't sit back and say, "Well, we ha- we already have this many running backs or quarterbacks on the roster. Why are we going out and getting three to four more?" Sure. Um, you just never know in this in this sure. new era of guys. Yeah, guys yeah. Can tomorrow, so right. Yeah, these kids are all these kids are all on basically year to year scholarships. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. uh, percent. Was the you know the big news for West Virginia a couple weeks ago or last week, whenever it happened? All these days are running together, but uh, <laughs> uh, the vacant offensive coordinator uh, Graham Harrell uh, moving on was uh, you know was that brought up or uh, how uh, it, it, timeline for filling that or just any yeah. thoughts on uh, Harrell leaving after one season? Yeah, Neil was asked about uh, Graham leaving and what the next steps were. He gave it. Very short answer. He wanted to stick to recruiting today, but just said there's a couple of spots he's going to shift around during the next few weeks or months. So that's that's all he gave. So I think I think they just have to identify very quickly what they want to do on offense next year and hire or promote somebody to that position. It also shows, Mike, because we got our answer. I did ask a couple kids, but they didn't want to go on the record prior to National Signing Day. But it's clear. Graham Harrell, even though he's the offensive coordinator, him leaving was not enough reason for these kids not to sign. So they must still be confident in whatever Neil Brown's selling them. They must still be confident on what Neil Brown has maybe told them behind closed doors about future plans for the OC. I know Mike touched on that on WVSN about possibilities and 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 who maybe could be the offensive coordinator for West Virginia. Clint Trickett's name is brought up a lot, just winning a bowl game as the OC at Marshall. He has ties there, but even going totally off the board because the AD was totally off the board with no ties. Last one, Ethan, I do want to bring up because this is different than, say, what Pitt and even Penn State deal with. And we brought up in terms of rankings, Pitt winning a conference and then only being in the top 50 in West Virginia doing better in terms of recruiting ranks, even though maybe now doing a different strategy portal-wise, and it's hard to evaluate that. But West Virginia, in order to recruit, they dip into Western Pennsylvania. They're going into PA. They're claiming Rodney Gallagher is a local kid, but he's a Pennsylvania product. They're going down to Florida. They're go- they're getting in a top five for kids in Michigan and and the DMV. And and what's local to West Virginia is different than other schools because they don't really have a Western Pennsylvania Whippeal base. That if we recruit here, we'll at least get to a certain level of success because it's so good here. Mm-hmm. Mike Farrell touches on it all the time. West Virginia doesn't have that. And when they've ever won, they haven't done it really with that many local kids. You get one local West Virginia product in this class. Uh, any Was there anything brought up to Neil about, hey, you need to do more locally? Because I know maybe a lot of people have criticized that there are some three-star kids in West Virginia that the Mountaineers haven't even offered. Like, Why are they shying away from West Virginia high school kids? Was that brought up at all? And did Neil have an answer for that? No, that wasn't brought up. Um, he just talked about just he just beat it in that Gallagher was a local kid to him every time. <laughs> okay. Every time he left his house, the exit said you lives in Pennsylvania. Home, so. But okay, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. I just think I just think this for what they for what resources they have in regards to high school kids and um, 
just the program, the fo- high school football programs in West Virginia. I think this coaching staff has done a great job the last couple uh, off seasons, going out down south, especially getting getting kids from Georgia, Florida, Carolinas, DMV, et cetera. Um, I, I don't think West Virginia high school football should be underlooked, obviously, especially if you're WVU, because you really D1 competition, you only have Marshall. So right. in state, there's <laughs> right. really, there's not right. like. Those kids no all grew up Mountaineer people. fans. They didn't grow up Marshall fans, generally speaking. Yeah. Right. So, I'm, I mean, it just, I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust in their talent uh, recognition and, as long as they can get guys to come to campus and they can develop them over the next two, three years, who cares where they get them from? I, I agree. I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. I know that's huge with recruiting out of Western Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania in general. I, I just yeah. think that's uh, I, I think that's a bit overrated. I think it's a bit antiquated, um, you know, Pitt this year, they get two kids out of Pennsylvania in general. If you go by the last 10 years, yeah. It's very obvious. I, I I've done I do stories on this every year where their offers are. Uh, Pitt by far the number one state that they extend offers to with players just because of the talent there is just crazy, and they they all can't sign with Florida State, Miami, and yeah. uh, it, right. it's, it's Florida. And yeah. number two on that list, it's not even Pennsylvania. It's Georgia. Those two states have more talent and that's why you know Archie Collins and Tim Salem and Charlie Partridge and Santa yeah. they, they West Virginia's done the same thing though Noel Divine Florida which is, that which was which one of the best the recruits they yeah, got in the history is, of the program that was a Florida kid yeah that's the smart strategy it, it, it's you go where the talent is forget about the fact that where they're right. from and we got to get home yeah if there's some good kids around here yeah you're going to try to get them obviously but your job is to win championships not to yeah you know, make people around here happy or high schools around here happy that we yeah. got the local kids. It's hundred percent. Get, get the talent, go recruit where the talent is, the DMV, the, the Maryland, Virginia, that's the places that have talent. And then comes, uh, you know, Ohio and Pennsylvania and, you know, your, your other States, but you live in Florida and that's why Pitt has, you know, cause that's what I follow. That's why they yeah. have four to five coaches, uh, with territories in that state regularly. They live there. Yeah, 100%. And, Ethan, I do want to move on to, to Joe Smoltz here to cover Penn State and then get to Mike Farrell here as we kind of get to a second half now of our National Signing Day Sports Now show. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask you if Neil Brown was asked. And this is the only reason why I wish I went down there for this because I probably would have brought this up. West Virginia is leading the conference in terms of players that are leaving in the transfer portal. I get that it was – a situation where JT Daniels counts as a departure, but it now even feels like from what he said that the program basically told him you're best to go somewhere else. We want to develop. It goes both ways, but they all count as players that are leaving you in the portal. Some of them were surprises. Caden Prather. That was a surprise. He was going to be the wide receiver one in so many words. That was the case. And Neil Brown said at the end of the year, when we're dealing with the whole Charles Woods drama of him transferring and announcing going to the portal an hour before kickoff, that Caden Prather's fine. He's when he's healthy, he's locked in. He's going to be with us next year. We're talking about it. And then, no, nope, that's not the case, Neil. He's in the portal several weeks later. 15, I think it is 15, 16, something like that, in terms of kids overall in the portal. A lot of them are depth. A lot of these kids haven't played. The casual fan may not even know who they are. But as you know, as we all know, you got to build off of depth at some point. You can't throw all true freshmen out there for depth. You're losing a lot of kids to graduation in the draft as well. 
did Neil bring anything up or was anything asked to him about losing so many kids in the portal, losing people to the draft? You're losing a lot. So I know you want to develop, and you said you're going to go in the portal and try to add and outside of QB, and you're going to do really well in recruiting and then develop and try to keep those kids. But you also lost a lot. Did he answer that? Yeah, to to the best of his abilities, he did. He just he just brought up how uh, if they're going to lose guys to the transfer portal, they can't overreact to it. They can't they can't sit there and pout about how they're one of their best defensive players or offensive players left. What they have to do is just go back out into the transfer portal and gain. Um, the saying okay. is that the, the tra- if the transfer if you lose in the transfer portal, you might as well go back into the transfer portal yeah. and gain somebody. Um, that's 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 just the only way. And, and they're sending offers. Go to the site for any fans that are nervous. I mean, they they are sending a lot of offers. They have got a couple a couple commits. I know they're from Kent State, and fans want Power Five commits. But there's a lot of talent out there, and they have thrown offers even to Power Five kids. So we don't know if they're going to add them. It's hard to believe they're going to fill everything. But yeah, you can you can add just as much as you can lose in the portal as well. Ethan, we appreciate the time for sure. We'll certainly be talking to you and all your coverage, of course, is at WV Sports Now. Mike Fakovican, Mike Osti. We now are going to bring on Joe Smelter, who is our Penn State football beat writer. And uh, when we're talking ranks, even though obviously it's overblown because the portal is included here, Mike, you got to give it up. Uh, between these three schools, Penn State wins in terms of ranks pretty much every year. 14, 15, and 14, so across the board, top 15 ranking for recruiting class for Penn State. You do see a departure in the portal that we, we mentioned earlier. You do have a season in which you go to the Rose Bowl, but you lose to the two big rivals that you want to beat, so it's kind of polarizing the fan base right now. Joe, how would you say this day went for Penn State? How has their offseason been? How was this recruiting class for Penn State? And I'll also bring up the fact, as we talk with Ethan about Rodney Gallagher, he was flirting with Penn State, admittedly, told me this, told Neil Brown this, while he was wavering, and it appears that once they didn't fire Brown, he was committed still to the Mountaineers. He never did decommit. You'd have to figure if he ever did decommit or they fired Brown, he would have been at Penn State probably. Him and Franklin have a great relationship. Maybe they're still talking to him for next year. But how did this class shake out? Who maybe should they have got? Who didn't they get? How did it How did it overall go? And... uh you know, did not getting Gallagher because he is a PA kid, literally. Is that a blow at all to Penn State? Well, first off, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's always uh, in the back of my head. But uh, no, you're yeah. good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Then um, I think this uh, recruiting class overall, um, it was a pretty good one. You mentioned the rankings, uh, Mike, at the top. Uh, and I think it really speaks a lot to James Franklin and his staff's abilities that. Penn State can get a top 15 class, and I don't want to say anybody's underwhelmed by this class because I don't think that's the case at all, but they're not underwhelmed, but they're not over the moon. And what I mean by that is going back to last season, uh, 2022, Penn State had the number six ranked class, and that was thought of at the time, and it's already proven to be after year one a game changer. It's like, okay, we've had two bad years in a row. We got these guys coming in. This is the class that's going to be the turning point. And so far, it's been a turning point. Penn State isn't in the Rose Bowl without Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, and Abdul Carter. All three guys are true freshmen. Um, you asked about uh players that Penn State could have got. Uh Gallagher would have been uh nice to have uh because of his abilities, obviously, and then because 
Penn State and James Franklin basically admitted this in his post-signing day presser. They don't have a lot of receiver right now. They have had one commit, Carmelo Taylor. Uh, haven't gotten anybody from the transfer portal yet. Obviously, losing Mitchell Tinsley, who's out, out of eligibility. Parker Washington going to the NFL. Keontre Lambert-Smith has shown flashes, but he hasn't proven himself enough yet to where Penn State fans can feel comfortable with him being the number one, and I fully expect that to be addressed um, in the transfer portal and uh, maybe on late signing day too. Who knows? But um, overall, uh, you can't really uh, complain too much about what Penn State didn't get. It would have been nice if uh, some guys to Marion Parker for one, a Johnny Shaker uh, for two, Parker, a big time edge rusher and uh, Shaker, a wide receiver. If those guys had stayed committed, they ought, they ended up uh, not committing uh, to Penn State and moving elsewhere uh but yeah overall it was um a very good day uh for penn state uh talking about the offseason it's been quiet so far um as i said i'm expecting them to add um a receiver in the transfer portal i think they'll add an offensive lineman maybe a defensive lineman um those they'll add some small pieces i'm not expecting anything crazy to come in the portal because penn state doesn't really need anything crazy they're had a 10 and 2 regular season might go 11 and 2 uh, and most of the roster that contributed this year is coming back for next year. So nothing really too big to over to uh, overhaul. But uh, back to the main topic, which is signing day. Um, it was um, a pretty solid class. I'm not thought of to be a game changer. I don't know if it's going to be as good as the 2023 class. But that's a pretty high bar to set, especially if Drew Auer is even close to the quarterback that people yeah. are expecting him to be. So yeah, 2022s, yeah. Top yeah. 10 ranking last year, right? Yep. And uh, this was a good class, and Penn State's starting to stack these classes up after a pretty disappointing uh, 2021 class, at least rankings-wise. Um, but, yeah, overall, a good day for Penn State, and things are things are overall pretty well in uh, Happy Valley right now, I'd say. They're happy there, yeah. You know, obviously, Penn State cleans up on four-star recruits. They got uh, 13 four-star recruits out of their 23 overall commitments. Who knows how these guys are going to pan out? But, you know, I, I think the only, uh, you know, maybe position they didn't really hit, and I don't know that they really need to this year, this coming year will be, uh, I, I assume that will be a top priority as far as 2024 as quarterback. I think they got Jackson Smolik. Yep. Uh, they, they, they had a decommitment there. You know, if, if I'm, you know, nitpicking, uh, you know, that might be the only position where I, I don't know that they – really address their future quarterback. But as you mentioned, you know, they have their five-star uh, that's going to play next year. And then uh, obviously that will be a uh, big priority for 24 because who knows how long, uh, you know, Drew's going to be there. Yeah. Did, was there anybody that, that James Franklin brought up then that maybe fans aren't looking at right now because we're talking about so many four-star kids. It's how you get a top 15 ranking when it's mostly filled with four-star kids. But was there any diamond in the rough that James Franklin fell in love with that he brought up that said, Hey, watch out for this kid. He has these intangibles. He has this, that maybe he, maybe he didn't get a four-star. Maybe he's one of the few three-star kids that we have, but we still really like the, the kid overall, or even any of the four-star kids and above that he brought up that he kind of raved about as part of this class. Yeah, actually, one of I think the last statement that James Franklin made in his press conference was talking about um, the guy that nobody is talking about. And those are Franklin's words is uh, Tyree Blanding, a free star uh, defensive tackle. Actually, he goes by Ty Blanding, um, apparently. Uh, but 
Uh, he's the three-star uh, defensive tackle, uh, one of the highest-rated players in New York. Uh, Franklin pointed out that New York isn't a state that really gets looked at too much as far as football talent. Not goes. really, no. But, you don't have a, a team. It's just Rutgers, and they're historically right, yeah. not been a great program, obviously. Right. Yeah, but he, he likes Blanding a lot. Mentioned that Blanding's versatile, can play defensive tackle, can play linebacker well. Um, doesn't have a great size, uh, but that's a guy who uh, Franklin specifically said um, is uh, undervalued. And you don't know how these guys are uh, going to shake out, uh, but um, it's always uh, fun to kind of bookmark who coaches say is a sleeper and then look back in a few years and see whether or not they were a sleeper or whether or not uh, people were right in their initial evaluation. So I, I tell you the position, Joe, I'm not sure your thoughts on this, but uh, I think a position they did really well in, and it's something that they've done the last couple of years is, uh, is a tight end. I, I think they picked up, uh, you know, I'm not sure if they, you know, or if they're looking ahead to maybe losing guys to the draft early or what, but uh, I, I think the three tight ends that they have, I think they're, kind of different but uh, uh obviously the big one is matthias barnwell but uh they, they picked up three really good uh, uh kids at that position yeah and barnwell's a guy mike that um people weren't sure uh, where he was gonna play uh coming into the day they, he kind of got established as a tight end at least at the outset today but uh james mentioned in his press conference that barnwell's a guy that could play I'm trying to think of all the positions he mentioned. Uh, defensive tackle, <laughs> offensive line, defensive end, and tight end. And maybe I missed one. This is a very versatile guy um, yeah. who could end up a lot of places. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I don't think James Franklin would be surprised if he switched. Uh, but the other uh, two two guys who uh, Penn State signed, uh, four-star tight ends, uh, Joey Schaufer from uh, Exeter Township. His brother, uh, Michael Mennett, was um, a starter on Penn State's yeah. line back there and the Saquon Barkley era. And then uh, Andrew uh, Rapoyer, a tight end uh, who's from, he's from New York, but played high school football um, at the Milton Academy, which is a boarding school in Massachusetts. Um, Rapoyer in particular, he's gotten uh, comparisons to Pat Fryermuth, uh, which um, that's a guy, uh, both played high school football in Massachusetts. Both were very good. It's a high bar. It's a high bar. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and that's pressure for a guy to be under. But uh, what I'm interested to see, and I was talking uh, with uh, Milton's uh, head coach back when he signed in, or not signed, committed in April. Um, he, Andrew was a basketball player and he couldn't really add the bulk that a tight end, you'd like a tight end to have because he was running up and down and hadn't to have his cardio in shape for basketball season. He won't have to worry about that at Penn State. So maybe, you know, he bulks up a little bit, uh, becomes even more of a punisher in the blocking aspect of being tight end. And that could just, I'm um, not having to worry about uh, switching uh, your body and habits and workout habits between sports seasons. If you're focused on just one sport, then you can focus on getting in the right body type to be a tight end. But Penn State's tight ends right now um, are pretty good as it is. You have uh, Brendan Strange. I don't know if he'll be in the NFL next year, but Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren should be back. Khalil Dinkins, the Western PA guy, he was the guy yeah. that kind of got lost in the shuffle. He might see an increased role next year. And as could Jerry Cross, a four-star signee from Milwaukee, who was part of the class of 2022. So right. uh, that's, yeah, that's a very deep position group that Penn State has. And they they got a lot of guys there. And it's, it's uh, I don't know if you can say it's a problem yet, but 
if it becomes a problem with too many bodies, it's definitely a good problem to have. So talking with Joe Smeltzer here is here our Penn State football beat writer with Nittany Sports Now. And Penn State is kind of that enigma because it's why it's so polarizing among the fan base. You really could wake up in the morning and, and probably recruit a top 20 class, even if you don't try. You really put an effort in. You could get a top 10 class like last year, and then you end up with this top 15 class. You're going to always be able to recruit nationally. There's going to be kids that grew up always wanting to go to Penn State that will spurn other places to get to Happy Valley, and regardless of their stars. You're always going to have talent there, and you're in the Rose Bowl. But yet the goal is to be able to dominate the conference and vi you're trying to win a national championship and really vie for the national scene. But you're also dealing with Ohio State and now Michigan, who can do the same thing in terms of recruiting the country and easily do well recruiting. So it's hard to sell. Hey, top 15 recruiting class. We're going to keep on building this because you're going to have naysayers say, well, yeah, it'll be another two loss season and, and, and you'll be in the Rose Bowl. But at the end of the day. 10 and 2 or 11 and 2, and in the Rose Bowl is nothing to sneeze at because the two teams that Penn State lost to are both in the college football playoff. So it was a solid year for Penn State. Yeah, some fans want better, and you were recruiting nationally. So maybe expectations are there. But another solid recruiting class. You cannot be mad at top 15, even though maybe there's not that major star that jumps out nationally. Joe, we appreciate the time, all your work over there at Nittany Sports now. So. Head over there and find more of the reaction from Joe Smelter and the gang. And also Please trip out to Pasadena, Joe. I was going to say, I'm very jealous, actually. You're going to be covering the Rose Bowl in loca on location in Pasadena. So, so have fun <laughs> as well as do the work for us over there. All right. Joe Smelter with Nittany Sports Now. So that means we are going to close up shop with our cleanup hitter to hit a home run or two for us. Mike Vakovic and Mike Osti will now bring in. And this is Mike, Mike, and Mike. We'll now bring in the third Mike of the trio here, Mike Farrell, our national college football analyst and writer within the Sports Now family of networks. So, Mike, thanks for joining us. I know you're obviously a very, very busy man on this day. That's kind of like Christmas, but maybe saw your your gift to what I asked for. Maybe not as much as it was in recent years because of the portal. Um, any surprises for you on this day? Uh, how do you think these teams did? I know you're listening to a lot of this show. Do you disagree, agree with anything that's been said so far in terms of Pitt, West Virginia, and Penn State, but even nationally? Um, I missed the Pitt part, you know, the West Virginia okay. part when you talk about the locals. Um, it, as was mentioned, I don't know who said it, but it's right. I mean, you, you really don't know anything. Right. If this is a political state, if this was a Florida or Texas or California or Ohio or, or a state that produces a ton of talent, you're kind of beholden to at least give those kids an extra look and not take a kid from Florida over a local Ohio kid. Uh, it could come bite, bite you in the butt, you know, if you do that, but not West Virginia. I mean, these kids, they sure. all, you know, are trying to get attention. They're all trying to go beyond group of five or FCS. Um, but you take the ones you feel will fit. There's no political requirement here. Um, it doesn't matter if you can not get back into that school because there isn't a big power school there. Um, so Neil Brown and his staff, you know, they have to recruit. I've always said this about West Virginia. There is no home recruiting territory for them. You know, they yeah. have to hit Western PA. They have to hit Maryland, uh, the DMV area, and they have to spot recruit down Southeast, but also hit Texas, hit California, hit Ohio, which they got away from for a few years, which was puzzling to me. And they're, they're back recruiting there again. And just hope to to put together a class of 25 kids or so, you know, where you could be pulling, you know, kids from 15 states. Um, and that's really a disadvantage. And it's why West Virginia is never in the top 25. Um, 
and and they don't they, they you can't be with the disadvantages they have um so anything between 25 and 30 uh is great anything between 25 and 35 is is excellent and and really the goal i think for west virginia penn state we thought we talked about top 10 uh that would be great uh, it's not an effort thing so florida was an interesting discussion before because you know people think it's easy to recruit florida because there's so many kids there and we talk about the big three miami florida state uh in florida but there's ucf now they're yeah. a power five program everybody goes into florida everybody um every team in the sec and the acc every team in the big 10. uh so for james franklin you know daniel harris was lost today that's a tough loss because you put so much effort in and at the last second uh, you can snap your fingers and just lose somebody to a home state program that comes in in the last second and makes him a priority or a program like UGA when he was kind of maybe fifth or sixth on their list. So there's really a balance there, but you have to stay in there. Uh, I know schools, West Virginia being one of them, that kind of started to shy away from Florida for a little while because they lost so many down the stretch. You have to put in the work and just hope for the best. And, and I think that's what all three of these, Pitt is doing it as well. Uh, but it's there's a lot of heartbreak, and fans don't understand that you're going to lose more than you get. Yeah, and that's why Pitt, uh, Charlie Partridge is such a valuable guy on the Pitt staff. As you may, it's, it, every school, it's not a you know, it's not uh, something unique to go try to recruit Florida, but you have to have right. the right guys with the right reputation and the right contacts to recruit that state, uh, Mike. Pitt, uh, the Pitt fans, you know, when they won the ACC championship last season, you know, instantly fans think that that's going to result in uh, a huge spike in recruiting rankings. Uh, you know, what's your take on what uh, Pat Narduzzi did this year? And is that is that fair to think that you, there should have been an instant spike or is that just the is that a gradual thing and time in as far as being able to win, 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 and then you'll start seeing the benefits of that? You should see a spike the next year. So if you win, you know, if you win in the 2021 season, you should see, um, you know, a spike it, it, the next recruiting okay. year, 2022, and so on and so on. So that's disappointing from that perspective. You know, you don't want to have right now, I think they're in the 45 to 50 range nationally on most of the sites. and. You know, that's not great. You don't want that. Um, should it be an area of concern? Yeah. But will it be made up in the portal? That's the big question that we never had before. If you have a clunker of a recruiting class, and I'm not like, I'm not disparaging this class at all, but if I'm a Pitt fan, and I've always been honest with everybody about everything, everything. Aaron Donald yeah. has a three-star kid back in the day, and I had to tell everybody why, and I was wrong, and I'm dumb. I'll always just tell you the truth. Doesn't matter. I don't think I'm right yeah. all the time. Opinions can change. No one's going to bat a thousand. We get well, it. so yeah. here's the thing. I'm, I, I'm not here to tell Pitt fans, you know, this is great. It's not. But you can make up for it in the portal now. And you couldn't do that years ago. Um, and I, I think that plays to the strategy as well. So we talk about staying in there for certain kids and, and having certain kids make demands. And, and Kenny Minchie, is a good example of this and not a demanding kid, not a kid that like, oh, you know, I want to make millions. But a Notre Dame rolls in, knocks on the door, comes in with a, a nice NIL package for him. It's a bigger program. You're going to fight, but you can also say this one we're not going to win. Uh, let's right. focus on the portal 
uh, and see what we can get there. Now, you'd want a four-star developmental quarterback. <clears throat> Some have him as a three. I, I think he's right on that border. Um, I'm not as high on him as, as some other people are uh, nationally, you know, but then you can, you can adjust, you can get your portal quarterbacks and then the next year to try to get that developmental kid that maybe is a four star. Um, so uh, my point here is Pitt's class is disappointing. There's no doubt in my mind. Right? I'm not going to lie to you and, and sell you, um, but the portal can make up for it. And, and I think that's where you have to focus. And that's where Pitt has focused because out of these three schools, could certainly say that Pitt's had the most success this offseason in terms of adding from the portal. So that is kind of the plan, that they're trying to continue the beat to go on and do it from the portal. But, of course, you do need to also look to recruiting. And top 50, when even another school like, say, West Virginia is in the top 40 and they're they're also near you an hour away and they've been worse the last three or four years, that maybe doesn't make Pitt fans too excited. But as you mentioned, the portal is an entire different uh, a ball of wax to this. So, Mike, I do want to kind of ask you in terms of either, you know, any of these three schools – Justin Benton flips from West Virginia to Houston. Dana Holgerson, the former Mountaineer coach, grabs him. They had a, a visit two days ago. Prior to that, he was always committed to West Virginia. That was kind of a surprise for the Mountaineer staff. Uh, they, they kind of admitted. So but is it that one? Is there anything else? Pitt, what, Pitt, Penn State, maybe even outside that, that was a surprise for you? A lot of this were pit when 19 for 19 West Virginia lost betting, but otherwise got most of their guys. They reasonably thought they were going to get, they were in top five for Snowden, but they probably were never really going to get him. And then Penn state top 15 class again, and they're in the Rose bowl. Any surprises though that happened or is it bet? Mm. No, I mean, Snowden, we all knew was going to be, um, Wisconsin, right. you know, yeah, he went with ago. fickle. Right. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it's one of those things where you don't want to, you want to be positive about it and confident about it. You don't want to ruin the moment for the kid, um, you know, but that was one the staff knew that he was, he was gone as well. So um, you don't want surprises, honestly. Um, you, you really don't. Um, no. So I think it's, it's good that there aren't a lot of surprises. I mean, you want positive surprises. You'd love to be Oregon today, you know, where you're stealing kids, this <laughs> and that, sure, but you also sure. don't want to be, you know, also don't want to be Oregon right now because, you know, they stole Peyton Bennett, uh, I, uh, Peyton Bowen from, from Notre Dame and he hasn't sent his letter and now they're scrambling and, and now he's talking to Notre Dame again and this could drag out and it's just, you know, there yeah. comes a point. There have been where, kids that announced they aren't going to sign today now that some teams thought they locked well, in. Right. Which, you know, impacts Penn State for sure. But that's good news, you know, because obviously that, that could have gone a, a different sure. way. Sure. But yeah, there's a lot of kids that are sort of like hemming and hawing. And honestly, in my my experience with these kids is the dramatic kids, the ones you fight and fight and fight for the most are the ones that pan don't pan out or transfer or, you know, aren't, aren't great for the locker room. So boring. I mean, listen, there's no way Penn state's class, I think is very good. And I've written about how good yeah. it is. Did they miss a quarterback? Yeah, they did. Um, they'll make up for that though. They're an attractive enough program where they'll get somebody in the portal and they'll, they'll revamp next year now james franklin has had sort of a history of kind of whiffing on quarterbacks so that's a concern um but he also took trace mcsorley who i had as a defensive back who i didn't think could ever play quarterback and, and he turned out to be you know pretty good and then you know will levis transferring oh my god sean clifford sucks will levis you just never know will levis was horrible this year sean clifford was very serviceable you don't know star rankings and quarterbacks 
Sometimes it's easy, like Trevor Lawrence, and sometimes you're just going to whiff. Um, mm -hmm. And it's all about developmental. So I'm not worried about that in that class. Penn State's class, I think, is very good. Uh, top 15 class is what you want every year. You're not going to beat Ohio State, but if you could be there with Michigan and be that second or third team in the Big Ten every year, great, perfect. Uh, West Virginia's class, a big surprise to me. Neil Brown on the hottest of hot seats all year long, you know, gets another year, but kind of honestly a dead man walking as a coach because he's got to do it this year. This isn't yeah. it. There's not going to be another year. That's um, hard to sell in the living room. That I don't really know if are. I'm going to be here for the athletic director is saying, I don't know if you're going to be there for a year. You're trying to sell these kids. And as you know, a lot of these kids flat out said the reason why Gallagher went to Penn state and visited, or the reason why they were waffling is because they wanted Brown to stay. They were, they were not going to probably commit if Brown was fired. So these kids in this solid recruiting class, they're all in with Brown, but right. he can't guarantee that he'll be there in a year. If, even if they're still there. No, no, he can't. And it's really hard to recruit that way, which is why I think it's such a great job that's been done by the staff because, you know, you didn't have a good year. The guy was, you know, fired one week, given a, another chance the next week and on and on. Um, and that's really hard to sell in living rooms. It's really hard to, to really put together a recruiting plan, you know, and so I look at it compared to Pitt because you should always compare West Virginia to Pitt geographically. They're, they're, you know, uh, located near there. And that's kind of the bar. Um, Narduzzi, yeah. there is no question whether he was going to be the coach. It was a disappointing year for sure. But, you know, for West Virginia to have a better and higher ranked recruiting class than Pitt, that's impressive. West Virginia did a very good job this year. Is he the guy? I don't know. Um, we're going to find out. But, you know, you could easily have, you know, one of those 50 to 60 ranked recruiting classes with the guy on the hot seat here. So if I'm a West Virginia fan, I'm happy with what I see recruiting wise. If I'm a Pitt fan, I'm uh, disappointed, and if I'm a Penn State fan, I'm never satisfied because Penn State fans are never satisfied. <laughs> they are not, no. But I understand, you know, this is a good class. This is a class that, you know, we can we can actually compete in the in the you know Big Ten when they get rid of divisions. That will certainly help. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'd be I'd be probably content if I'm a Penn State fan. Hey, Mike, uh, it's never too early to look ahead a little bit. Uh, you know, I've already gotten questions about this and. You know, I, I don't I, I have a you know, I have a guess, but I, I have no idea. But really, uh, the three big prospects in Western Pennsylvania this year uh, or next year, uh, class of 2024, Quentin Martin, uh, Cam Lindsay and Anthony Specka. Uh, Pitt have any chance at any of those three? If so, oh. which which guy, to, which player do they have the uh, most realistic chance at possibly trying to get? So this was another thing I was going to talk about a little bit is, um, you know, and obviously you got Western PA, you've got Eastern PA, you got a mix of, uh, of what's going on there. The Whippeal is way down um, and it's been down for years. I think the last time the Whippeal was really, really elite and good was when Dave Wansett was recruiting at Pitt, which is a very, very long time ago. And that's hurt Pitt a lot. Um, you know, it used to be let's fend off Notre Dame and Ohio State and Michigan for our Whippeal kids or maybe some Southeast teams who come up and try to steal kids. That's our battle. But we've got a home field advantage. Uh, now they're recruiting on the road a lot more. Um, Pitt, you know, for these kids, Quentin Martin, first of all, is going to be a guy that everybody in the world comes after. Now, is it attractive to play at Pitt? Yeah. He's a running back. And the way their offense is structured, you're going to get a ton of carries yeah. and you're going to be the guy. Um, that being said, 
you know, if, if the Georgias and Alabamas of the world are coming in, the Ohio States of the world are coming in, you're probably not going to win that battle. So I, I don't want to sell false hope. Um, Penn State already has Cooper Cousins, and then that's a good start. Uh, Agard, uh, a Philly kid, he got a ton of interest. Becca has a ton of interest. Um, if I had to pick one that I think they would have the best shot at, it would be Martin uh, because he is a local kid. He's very proud of his, you know, home state. Um, he's a kid who seems to be down to earth. He's not an NIL seeker. Um, and he likes that staff and he likes that, that offense because it's perfect for him. But everything could change between now and the time 2024 comes around because the offense could change. Um, you know, the offenses, other teams could change. Uh, you know, Narduzzi could take another job. You have no idea what's going to happen. So right now I'd say that's the guy that they're focusing on and they have the best shot at. Um, but even if he commits tomorrow to someplace else, it's never over. Yeah. Um, right. You got a whole year ahead. Sure. And, and so that's why it's way, way too early to even consider that. Like, you know, Cooper cousins from McDowell is committed to Penn state. What do you do? I mean, nothing. It's almost you know, probably smart for kids not to get near committing this early, a year in advance. Like, let it play out a little bit. Let them court you. you well, know. they have nothing to lose. I, I right, right, yeah. yeah. There's uh, nothing. Yeah. I'll commit to Penn State, whatever. And yeah, I'm not I guess saying Cousins so. is this type of guy. <laughs> nothing to lose. Uh, yeah, other yeah. teams are going to come in and and, sure. and try to. Be, so it's the really the coaches that have no kind of say well, in this you, and what you know. what will exist for the entirety of the year for the 2024 class that just started existing for pa kids that rodney gallagher already jumped on because he has an nil deal while he's still in high school is they'll be able to do that all year long like they'll be they'll be able to get out in front of that now and be able to, to go behind the gallagher path there in pa so that's a big deal i have again mike osby mike farrell here talking on our sports now network national signing day show mike before we let you go i do kind of want to bring up what mike v and i talked about at the top of the show before we brought the guests on in terms of evaluating recruiting classes in this new era we're in a transfer portal era pitt top 50 class, but they're looking a lot to the portal to try to win now. West Virginia did that for years, but now they're admittedly trying to develop. Will that be a good or bad thing? It's kind of risky when you're on the hot seat. Penn State, you're winning 10 games in the Rose Bowl. You don't have to worry about the portal as much, but they certainly could get kids interested in that program and have dealt with transfers before. And you can quickly fix something in the portal as well as also see a mass exodus, which these programs have all endured. Jordan Addison leaving Pitt despite an, despite an ACC title. That clearly was a money grab. West Virginia losing a lot of kids to the portal, et cetera. So for you, is there any thinking for you in terms of giving these ranks, in terms of giving letter grades, and when you evaluate and when you write articles for us on I got to do something new and change something because just doing it the simple grade off of a recruiting class isn't really fair. Is there any way you're going to be able to include a transfer situation when you're grading an off season overall or are recruiting grades and evaluation rankings maybe overrated now because of the portal? Well, the high school grades and rankings are overrated because, um, because of the portal. I mean, there's so many kids that in this class that we're talking about and, and, you know, losing sleep over and all that are, that are going to be in the portal after spring or after their freshman season. So that's overrated. The calendar itself isn't conducive a lot to ranking a combination class. It's more so now because they do have this stupid window. I hate the window 
uh, the 45 day window, but at least it lumps everything together. You've got your early signing class ranking for high school. Then you've got your February signing day and you've got most of the portal done. Um, and then you get the 15 days after the spring. So the way I think it should be done, uh, and I haven't figured out if I'm going to do this or not yet. I, I, I'm still doing team rankings for high school and team rankings for, um, for the portal. And I don't have a mathematical system. I'm all subjective now. I hated the mathematical system. It was okay. something that was thrown upon us because we didn't want any bias. But people still think we're biased. You know, I mean, what's the point of having a mathematical system if if you're just going to be accused of bias anyways? And the mathematical <laughs> system says, well, it's the math that did it, not me. Yeah, but you rank the individual players and those formulas go into the, the, the right. overall team formula. So if you're biased towards a team, you're going to rank those kids higher. It's just... Subjective is the way to go. Um, I think more of an emphasis should be put on your portal ranking than on your uh, high school ranking because those kids are less likely to double portal. Of course, JT Daniels is on his 15th school, but that's rare. <laughs> He's okay? the Van Milder of college football. Uh, yeah, yes. it's very rare. Yeah. So, and we see USC didn't have a great recruiting class last year as far as nationally. Lincoln Riley's first year kind of held back a lot of scholarships. Um, I don't even know where they finished, but it wasn't like, you know, it was solid, but it wasn't top five, top 10 or whatever. Right. Um, but their portal, they brought in 28 kids yeah. and the portal is all that mattered because Kayla Williams is in the portal. Jordan Addison was in the yeah. portal. Mario yeah. Williams was in the portal. Everybody who played and made a big yeah. part of that roster was in the portal. So yeah. for me, if you're a fan, I think what you should do is focus on the high school rankings focus on the portal rankings, but if they were combined, if somebody does combine them, mathematical or not, I think it should be full, more of a 65-35 split with an emphasis on the portal rankings, um, which is great news for Pitt, because like I said, if you have a dud of a class, um, you can make up for it in the portal. Uh, it's not so great news for West Virginia because they kind of struggle in the portal a little bit, but a lot of that I think is Neil Brown not being, you know, he's been on the hot seat for a couple of years now. Um, and for Penn State, I think it's I think it's really good for them because they do a good job of a solid job in the portal. So that's how I would do it. Sixty five thirty five portal now. And I think that's gonna get bigger percentage for the portal as we move on. Uh, because high school recruiting is it's not fading away, but it's it's becoming less important. Our last question, Mike, you've uh, you're the godfather. You uh I've respected you for years. That's why I got into this business, is because of uh, reading your stuff over the years. So you you have a feel for what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Deion Sanders is the talk of college. We're just going to switch here. <laughs> to say the least. To, yeah. You know, the talk of college football. You know, he's making a lot of headlines. Is this, uh, is this a long-term thing or is this, do you see this flaming out as far as him having the passion to do this for a long time or is this just a, uh, you know, three, four, five year thing, and then he's done. Well, he'll he'll coach. I think. I think he has a passion for coaching. Now, again, Dion's very hard to predict, but he's always been into coaching. Back when he cropped up those high school teams that that you know yeah. failed, and he was always a guy who was around the Under Armour game, and and it has a passion for coaching and teaching kids. Um, so for him to get into coaching is not a big surprise to me. Uh, Colorado's a surprise. He'll be there for two years. And that's the shelf life of his son at quarterback there. Right. <laughs> and then he's gone. Um, but he'll go to a bigger program. I mean, Florida State may welcome him back if Norville sort of, you know, 
recedes a little bit or some other they weren't interested in him last year that was kind of well they will be because what they're going to see here his value is higher i guess now as a coach well and we're also going to see more celebrity type head football coaches because sure. of Deion sanders on um, the higher level not just hbcus because we've seen those with former players at the hbcu level yeah. but now he's going to yeah. pave the way for power five. Oh, and right. i'm trying to think of the next guy who it could be you know i i don't really know um you know, it, it could be, you know, well, Eddie George see. is currently coaching in the HBCU. He's not having yeah. success with Dion. Uh, people thought Ryan Leaf would go into coaching. He's more into media now. Uh, Trent Dilfer is in coaching now. He's in a group of five. Uh, they're not Dion, though. I'm trying to think of like, you know, Dion's pizzazz. Like that swagger is a little different. You yeah. know, would what? a Peyton Manning okay. ever be interested in being okay. a head football coach at a college level? Those type of guys would really move the needle. Um, I'll ask this because I know West Virginia fans ask this literally, actually, and I'll let you go on then. Pat White has had a career of coaching. He's currently an assistant with the Chargers. He's been at programs, USF mm -hmm. and even lower. There are some that actually want him on the staff or would want him hired if Brown is fired. Is that insanity or is there now more of a chance of those things because of Dion? There's a chance. Pat White is one of the best college football players you're ever going to see, ever. And still, the general fan base doesn't know who he is, nor do the recruits. Dion is like okay. that guy. Um, sure. That's fair. I think Pat White would be a great addition to the West Virginia staff, just like Denard Robinson at Michigan and things like that. Bring back former Drew players. Brees. Cadillac Williams at Auburn. You know, those guys are going to be successful in that area because they're well, well known. Um you know, Dion's going to go. Well, this is a one and eleven football team. He's going to go five and seven next season, maybe six and six the following season. Leave for a bigger job, but leave Colorado in such a better place with NIL. They've reduced their academic restrictions now. He's going to leave that roster in a much better place. That's kind of what you're going to see. You're going to see the smaller schools or the middling schools that are struggling hire big name guys that will come in for a couple of years, stepping stone it, and change their entire infrastructure because NIL is so important. The biggest thing Dion's going to do for Colorado is change that NIL collective. That's it. And that's the most important thing that he could possibly do. And Colorado's going to be in great shape because of that. Um, so yeah, it's a trend. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't think he's a good coach. No offense to him. I, I don't think he's a good coach. He had the best roster, not even close, the best roster. So prove to me yeah. that you, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of a team that was so exponentially better. Even Alabama or during the dynasty wasn't exponentially better than the, than the runner-up team. Prove to me you can do it at the college level when you're not the best roster. Then I'll believe in you. But right now, I don't. So, I As you mentioned, though, if he gets six higher. wins in a bowl game in Colorado after what they've endured for 20 years, he'll be thought of as Vince Lombardi nationally. Like He'll get talked about very positively oh, off yeah. of just a bowl appearance. Wow, listen, people are already talking about Colorado's the new Alabama, so there's a lot of idiots out there. <laughs> no, I, know, who, I hear you. I mean, I I've, heard, you. I've heard everything about it. But the bar's so. not that high that he has to do, though. He doesn't have to do that no. much. Five and seven, he'll be that'll be a positive turnaround from one win. It's a smart move in a way because you can't right. get worse than one of the bar's low, yeah. Right, yeah. So, listen – all power to him. I don't dislike the guy. I mean, it's very flattering. He follows me on Twitter. I DM oh, does he? Okay. in a while. Well, listen, I'm a, I'm a huge Dion fan. I'm a Cowboy fan. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. But, I, but I grew up following Florida State. And, and it's intriguing, if nothing else. Atlanta and, and San Francisco and Dallas. It's great. I love him. Yeah. You know, all, all, but I don't know if he can coach. But, but for Colorado, 1-11, and 11, 
this is the move you make. Um, West Virginia, if they were 1-11 and they wanted to target Dion and he was interested, they should hire him in a second because it's going to change everything about your program. Yeah. And that's what's necessary. That's why more celebrity hires are going to be. Pat White, love you. You're not a celebrity hire. No, I just brought him up because he's local. the one in coaching. They do obviously have bigger name celebrities that are involved. But Randy that's even Moss. why. How about Randy Moss? There's a coach that he can't coach a lick. But you bring him to West well, Virginia. Well, Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> well, I mean, Pac Randy Moss. That is the biggest yeah, yeah. name in wide receiver history other than Jerry Rice. He comes to West Virginia. Two years, West Virginia is a completely different program because of him. And yeah. he may not be able to coach a lick. I don't know if he'd want to, though, because he has a personal problem against WVU that goes way back to high school days, and then he ended up at Marshall, oh, as we know. He wouldn't, but, but he's the West Virginia version of Deion yeah, yeah. Sanders. No, 100%. No, I get what you're saying, and that's why it was a fantastic hire for Colorado for sure, and we'll see what happens. I'm sure others will jump aboard. The bar is very, very low. They're very, very intriguing, to say the very, very least, and Dion is kind of one of those guys that if he's with you, you love him. If he's not with you, you're kind of annoyed by him. Um yeah, and we'll see. Maybe he's at Florida State in the future. Maybe we'll see if he locks in there or if he keeps on jumping. If he ever gets to FSU, does he stay there for a period of time since it does seem like he does actually like coaching, but he also likes the money, as Primetime has told no, you for 35-plus years. More than the money, he likes the attention. He likes he the attention, 100%. Yeah. the attention, so he, he'll jump a bit, around a lot. He's an egomaniac, for sure, yeah. which is a bit yeah. positive for him in his career. Um Mike, we definitely appreciate the time for sure. You're you're definitely uh, the, the godfather to say the least. Obviously, we appreciate all your work with us throughout the Sports Now family of networks. All that will keep on coming at Pittsburgh Sports Now, WVSN, and Nittany Sports Now. Mike V, anything else for? No, it's on to 2024. We get off this call here. I'm. Uh... How about uh, you? A little plug for the Portal Report too. Yeah, it's kind of. Oh, fun. absolutely! Yeah, yeah, the Portal Report, absolutely. Guys, you know, fair, fair, yeah. Absolutely. My whole thing is, you know, now that I'm independent, I want to move the needle for people, uh, but I also focus on my own site too. So it's a, it's a tough balance. Pitt, West Virginia, Penn State's easy for me because my site doesn't focus on that much. The portal, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's a gold mine. Um, and eventually we'll have to talk about, you know, merging because I think if we merge, we'd be unstoppable. When it comes to the portal, well, <laughs> taking over the well, world is always something that will get that If that's the case, Mike, I'm going to be uh, booking a flight and we're going to meet face to face. And we'll, uh, well, I also think you guys can build out your network too. Yeah. I really do believe you can move into different states. I think it's a great three site sure. network. Yeah, yeah. We got a chance to. Oh yeah, even higher. Oh, it's so. it's in our brain as well. It, it, it's, yeah. uh, that's not the first. That's not the first time that's been thought about. Absolutely, yeah. there, there, this thing's on, uh, well, let's on do the it. feelers. But yeah, absolutely, taking over the world is is something that we also uh, will enjoy as well. But nonetheless, here we are, and National Sign Day now is over. It is a portal war world, but the college kids and the high school kids and the National Sign Day is still kind of trying to all live in it. And, and marry the all of it together. So Mike Farrell, MikeFarrellSports.com, by the way, is his site that he also contributes to, of course, and runs. And then the Portal Report, in addition to WBSN, PSN, and Nittany Sports Now. So, Mike, we definitely appreciate the time. That was Mike Farrell. Again, Mike Vakovic and Mike Osti. So, Mike, National Sign Day now is behind us. We can maybe, uh, you know... It's Grab almost a cold behind. one. And, it's and, almost behind us. There's still a. It's never uh, over officially, but true. Yeah. Yeah. There's still a, there'll be another day in uh, first Wednesday and first. Right. This is the early period. February. 
Yeah. So that'll be probably a lot more about uh, uh, transfers and stuff. But there are some guys who chose not to sign and, uh, you know, will sign at the All-American game and some other some other things. But, you know, uh, you know, 80, 90 percent of the recruiting yeah. for this year is done and coaches are uh, looking at the 2024 roster or 20, their roster next year. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And there's multiple ways to skin a cat here in terms of portal, no portal, recruiting, develop, whatever you want to do. We'll see who's right and who's wrong. And definitely seems like a portal world that we're all living in nonetheless. So that seems to be the way to go. But if you can't have success there, then maybe you have to go another route. And maybe we will see more former players of the Deion Sanders route to come in. Honestly, the one example, and he's not going to coach for a very, very long time, Drew Brees. Purdue brings in Drew Brees to be on the staff for a bowl game, maybe a little bit after, and all of a sudden they're stealing an offensive coordinator. They were just in the Big Ten title game, but only because of the division format. They weren't really that great. But those type of big names maybe could bring a pizzazz to the program and help them recruiting-wise. We'll see if that worked for them or not. But, again, Pittsburgh Sports Now, WV Sports Now, Nittany Sports Now, and, of course, the Portal Report for all our coverage of the portal and recruiting. And then, of course, MikeFarrellSports.com for Mike's individual site as our takeover of the world of college athletics as well as the high school game and, of course, recruiting and the portal continues on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.